crime capital of the world, where an army of criminals has taken over, there's never a cop around when you need one. But when this cop's around... One is all you need. Every time you do it, <laughs> I and I can't. I, I it's my fault because I don't tell you to stop. No, you never do. Even no. though you said you don't really use it, so uh, no, I don't. It's it's, uh, <laughs> it's. I don't know what I'm doing, Will. Maybe I should be using it. <laughs> well, it's whatever oh. makes life easier for you. I don't know. Oh well, if I know, if I knew what the answer to the que- that question is, you know. Anyway. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. (laughs) I'm very punchy. Uh, Start again. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Hey, everybody. Welcome back once again to Podcast Part 3, the Part 3 Podcast, your go-to source for all things about movies that came after two other movies. As always, I am Sam. And I am Will. And uh, this episode, we are talking about... Uh, 1992 slash 1996s, depending on which version you watch, Jackie Chan's Police Story 3, a.k.a. Super Cop. Meet the cop who can't be stopped. Meet the cop who can't be stopped. <laughs> Never get tired of saying it. I nope. don't know why. Uh, yeah, so, um, is this our first, uh, foreign language, uh, uh installment of Podcast Part 3? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. I, I don't think if we, we watched the American version, it would be our he- second heavily dubbed after <laughs> The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. That's right. But, uh, we watched the, um, uh, the actual, like, Hong Kong, not edited by the, by Miramax version of the movie, which is about 13 minutes longer, is a sequel because the American version does not pretend it's uh, a sequel to anything. Uh, so, yes, we watched the adve- the third installment in the uh, adventures of Hong Kong's ultimate cop, Chang Kakui, uh, as opposed to, in America, just Kevin. <laughs> I haven't seen the dubbed version, so this is... He's just Kevin. And then Police Story 4 is, was released as uh, First Strike by a different distributor, and he's just Jackie. <laughs> Oh, that all makes sense. Oh, boy. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this is um, uh, this is like, Police Story Three. I think is is the beginning of the '90s for Jackie Chan, which was like definitely like the rise to the peak of his career, both internationally and then in the U.S. Uh, but the Police Story movies were initiated. The first two were directed by Jackie Chan, and this is one was uh, directed by Stanley Tong, who I think worked with Jackie Chan many times. Uh, but the first one was one of the first things he did after his first foray into trying to become uh, break into like the U.S. Uh, market. He did a movie called, I believe it's called The Protector, oh, which yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah not uh, not a big success. That was coming off of um, you know late seventies, early eighties. He goes from being more of a conventional like martial arts star to the the comedic martial arts star that we all know and love. That's when he started doing those collaborations with, like, Sammo Hung. It's where he did Project A and uh, Wheels on Meals, which is an awesome movie. And he, you know, they started doing the very 
done in keeping with Mission Impossible Three uh, in the last episode. This is all about uh, death-defying stunts, but also let's throw in like incredible martial arts. Just yeah. mix it in, like. Tom Cruise will be riding on a train. Jackie Chan will be fighting a dude uh, for real on a on train, a train <laughs> while also dangling from a helicopter while Michelle Yeoh jumps a motorcycle onto the s- said train. Moving train. A- I mean, it's... <laughs> yeah. No, it's... It's crazy. It's some... Cr- it's it's an awesome action movie. Um, he has a ton of awesome action movies, but this one is... Uh, I would say the American version is, I think, the one that really busted him through the ceiling to become uh, to like become a marketable star in the US cuz 2 years later he's doing rush hour. Right. And it's you know it's off to the races after that. Yeah, and I maybe you remember or, or know did Rumble in the Bronx come out before the the US release of uh, of of Supercop or was that oh, after? I, I want to say that was after but there were like four I feel like it was there's like Supercop First Strike, Rumble in the Bronx and like Operation Condor all came out it seems like on top of each other. Yeah, and in like 95, 96 cuz Rumble in the Bronx the it first was released uh, the Hong Kong version came out in 94. So it's a, it's after Police Story 3 but before Supercop came right. out in the US. <laughs> yeah, and then and then of course the um the the American version of Drunken uh, of Drunken Boxer 2 Right, the legend, the legend of Drunken Boxer, Dr- Drunken Master, Drunken yeah. Master. Oh yes, yes, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, Legend yeah. of Drunken Master, which came out in the U.S. and was not. No one knew it was like the sequel to a movie he'd made a while back. Right, like Drunken, the original Drunken Masters from like early Jackie Chan. Yeah, and then, and then the Legend of Drunken Master is from like peak, like I like what we know of know Jackie Chan as exactly. just like ridiculous. He's the Dick Van Dyke of martial arts. <laughs> He's got, yeah. he's meticulously crafted scenes that make it look like he doesn't know what he's doing, but he is, you know, kicking ungodly amounts of ass. Running over, like, uh, you know, just just a bed of hot coals and, and kicking people into them. And then, of course, at the end of all of his movies, he shows outtakes from when he, like, fell on the hot coals and, like, had to be put yeah. out with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> <laughs> He yeah he he ho- would horribly injure himself. It's it's all the best of like Mad Max level stunt uh you know hijinks mixed with martial arts mixed with huge Tom Cruise level set pieces and it's all done like with this like wink and a smile. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I mean, I, I enjoyed this movie. So the, uh, my experience watching this movie and this was my first time watching it is I was kind of watching it. I'm like, eh, this is kind of funny. This is fun. Do, 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 and it's kind of going along. And then, like, the last 30, 45 minutes of this movie is a fucking symphony of just, like, madness. <laughs> just yeah. outrageous, oh, like, stunts and fights, and just, like, it just blew my mind. Like, <laughs> yeah, it goes from. It's. it's there's a, a helicopter. There's a chase. A foot chase turns into a helicopter chase and a motorcycle chase, which turns into a train chase. And this is like a continuous 20 minutes. And then as soon as that's done, the movie's just over. Over. It just ends. It's like <laughs> the moment Michelle Yeoh and Jackie Chan can just sit down and catch their breath. Like, okay, we're done. The movie's over. And then it just starts playing the outtakes of, like, yeah. Michelle Yeoh falling off the train. <laughs> I, I love the outtakes in this because in this, it's some, like, it's like 
It's like the song at the end of Japanese Spider-Man episodes <laughs> that doesn't fit tonally at all. Yeah. And it just, I'm going with, like, the score to this is in the, the original version is, you know, it's an actual score and it's very, you know, dramatic and, and, and like, very, like, action movie. And the American version is just constant, like, off-the-shelf, like, guitar stings. <laughs> and then the end of the movie, the outtakes are over uh, Tom Jones' cover of Kung Fu Fighting. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I think the end song in this one is sung by Jackie Chan. Though, yeah. he also has a music career on top of everything else because <laughs> he's a true Renaissance man. I mean, and, and a megastar in, in China and Hong Kong. Like, just oh, a massive. megastar. I mean... Massive. Uh, like I mean, he like, is he is on the same level as Tom Cruise yeah, in China. Yeah, he's just a, a megastar. I mean, and so I, I don't know how you want to attack this this one, Sam, because there's like you know, sort of as a movie, I don't think like this is anything like to write home about. Like the the plot is just sort of like the Mission Impossible movies. The plot is just sort of there to hang on, like gags and it, set pieces, and you know. I will look at. I I mean, it's. I've seen Police Story 1 and 2, and, you know, this one definitely feels like looking at it from the perspective of a part three, of a sequel, and it's unfortunate there's only one Police Story sequel after this before the, like, mid-2000s kind of reboot ones. Right. Because there's this one and Police Story 4, which is also First Strike. It's known in the U.S. as First Strike, and that one's more of, like, a James Bond movie. But I would say this is definitely, like raising the stakes in terms of uh you know it's uh in terms of the set pieces but also has like elements where it's like okay we're gonna do the stunts that people know from the first movie but change them up a bit like there's the iconic uh, sequence in the first police story is him hanging off the side of that bus right and like having to like constantly avoid getting clipped by other cars and they do that in this but it's michelle yo in this and he's hanging off a helicopter and doing the same thing (laughs) and as with uh much like lethal weapon 3 this one gives him a a female partner who can equal who's his equal right and you know he's 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 a little bit of a dick to her at first, you know, because but she's, you know, because he's the Hong Kong super cop who's got to go to mainland China to uh, go undercover to bust out this drug dealer who (laughs) here's the difference. Will, if you've never seen the American version, you know how this one opens with like the 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 like like Hong Kong uh, politicians and police talking about all the ways this guy smuggles drugs or smuggle them in corpses or even in, you know, you know baby dead babies or something right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> none of that in the, all of that the <laughs> overdosing girls all of that's cut God. i think anything like any of the really villainous stuff that happens in the the hong kong version is cut and there's like 13 minutes cut from the american version wow so it's just even more of a romp just uh, get to the silly stuff and the and the action stuff as quick as possible um, which is funny because this movie is not long at all. No, I mean it's no, like no. it's like ninety minutes maybe, <laughs> and it's and it's a it's a breeze. I would yeah. say it. It's, yeah. I I wanted more action in the middle. Yeah, because yeah. you know it, it's probably maybe the most plot intensive of the first three movies. Because uh, it's, I think it's going bigger and it's it's more of a globe trotting adventure because yeah. they go from Hong Kong to 
China to uh, Malaysia at the end there, I think. Yeah, I mean, and, and uh, I, I love... Um... And I love sort of the long-suffering girlfriend, uh, mm-hmm. Maggie Chung, uh, yeah. hanging around. Like, I love all that stuff. Like, and, and especially if you see in the first two movies, it's just sort of their relationship is so hilarious. Just Yeah, <laughs> the, she's great. It's an, another thing, like, I, I her voice in this, because she speaks English and um, I believe it's Cantonese in this, uh, both. And it's the voice, like, her voice, like, if you've seen... In the mood for love, or right. Irma Vep, something like she has like a very, almost like a regal voice. It's very like it's very poised and elegant. And right. the voice, the whoever they got to dub her in the American version, she's like, Kevin, where are you going? What are you doing, Kevin? I don't ever want to speak to you again. It's like it's so unbecoming of you know because most people know her from like Wong Kar Wai movies. Right, so right, yeah. <laughs> Like, Michelle Yeoh is doing Maggie Chung in the, like, Wong Kar Wai bits of Everything Everywhere All right. at Once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, bottom line is, yeah. this movie's got Michelle Yeoh, and she's awesome. She's so... She's, she just kicks so she, much ass. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like... Um, I, I started watching a while ago, um, right around when Everything Everywhere came out. I, I, I couldn't finish it, because the version on Amazon is just like impossible to watch it just looks like shit um the um in the line of duty movies um with uh with michelle yo and cynthia rothrock oh yeah yeah um, i started watching it and it just it was really hard to watch because it was dubbed and like the quality was so bad but um uh just michelle yo holding a shotgun it's like we would have invented cinema just for this image <laughs> like it's it's crazy. Like, I feel like every 10 years, people in America rediscover that Michelle Yeoh is, like, a martial arts badass. Right, yeah. Because, like, she's always, like, let's say it's been, it's, it's like, we just had everything everywhere all at once, where she finally got to be the lead in something, and she gets an Oscar, and she's awesome, and the movie's awesome. But, you know, I, I feel like that's just long enough that most people have forgotten Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Right. I mean, well, and because the last, you know, thing that she was in that was big in America was Crazy Rich Asians, where she didn't, like, you know, yeah. throw a punch at all. So, so. much. And, and obviously, I'm not going to begrudge Michelle Yeoh not wanting to do insane stunt work in every movie she's in. But anytime she's in an American action movie... The directors never know what the fuck to do with her. Right. Like Babylon A.D. or um, uh, fucking The Third Mummy. The Third Mummy, yeah. The Third, not the fucking third Well, which, which not only wastes Michelle Yeoh, but also wastes Jet Li, too. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm, like, more used to Jet Li being completely misused in movies. There's, like, what, three Expendables movies, and they all completely... <laughs> botch the using Jet Li for stuff. Well, except Expendables 2, he does have that one scene where he's in, yeah, the, that's in the his kitchen. only scene, and then he parachutes out of the movie and is never seen again. <laughs> and he gets to have like that weird relationship with Schwarzenegger in the third one. Yeah, DC, that's the one. Yeah, when we talk about Expendables 3, I'm only going to talk about my spin-off series where they're a bickering globe-trotting. They are Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It's just, I don't know if the characters are joking or if it was an improv, but it just implies at the end of Expendables 3 that the two of them are a couple, and that's part of the reason why they're not, like, hanging out with the Expendables anymore. <laughs> and I want that movie so bad. I, I mean, I would I would watch the shit out of that. I think it would be pretty incredible. Just watching those two bounce off each other would be 
something. But anyway, back to Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> Have you ever seen the the heroic trio? No, but it's on it's on Criterion Channel, which I had to get for this so I could watch uh, Police Story. Yeah, um, and I, I've been mean. It's a movie that's been on my radar for a while, and I've been you, meaning to I, watch it forever. You have to watch it, Will. It's absolutely bananas. Do you want to see Maggie Chung and Michelle Yeoh fight like uh, a, the charred skeleton of the villain after he's been blown up? Yes, I do very yeah, much. Yeah, so. yeah, that's that's I, I I know Will. That's all you've ever wanted. But yeah, you want that. That was right after. Uh, uh, that was they, they, she did that right after Supercop, and she also did that same year Supercop Two. Oh. Lest we forget, this movie had a spinoff of just her character. What is that? Is it is that called Supercop? In uh... it's called it's called Supercop Two. Okay, I'll have to I'll have to track that one down. I... I, it's way harder to find, but Stanley Tong directed it, oh. and it's got like a cameo from Jackie Chan, and I don't know. She did like so like there's that period from like after this until the late 90s she was in so much stuff because in in america you have uh super cop comes out in 96 and then 97 she's a bond girl that's right she is that's she's she's one of the best bond girls she's the most competent bond girl (laughs) she puts halle berry's character in die another day to shame she's just she could have had the whole thing sorted out herself pierce brosnan may have only just made things more difficult for her (laughs) Yeah, and then well, I guess it's two thousand one. Crouching Tiger, or no? Is it two? No, it's two thousand when 2000. Crouching Tiger uh, hits, and then and then she's sort of bouncing around, sort of between English stuff, American stuff, and you know, yeah, but. she she did like memoir. There was memoirs of the of a geisha. There right. was um, like she does like a, vo- a lot of voice stuff. She was in Kung Fu Panda too. She was in right. Sunshine. That's probably that's the, right. the, the yeah, one yeah, I yeah, think yeah. of because that's that's another movie where like the cast is just all excellent actors and character actors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, like a pre-Marvel uh, Chris Evans and Benedict Wong are both in that. That's right. Yeah, that's a whole that's a whole film. That's a whole movie marathon is sci-fi movies with Benedict Wong in a supporting role. <laughs> so you can you you can do. Uh, <laughs> It's Moon, it's Annihilation, it's uh, Sunshine. I feel like there's, like, two more there's, in there that yeah. I'm forgetting. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing that he is now, like, deployed as the as sort of a, a linchpin of the MCU now. Yeah. You know? Oh, right, he's in, he's in The Martian. He's yes. in Prometheus. Yeah. He's in... <laughs> God, I forgot he was in Prometheus. Yeah, he's one God. of the pilots. That's right, that's right. Uh, he's in Gemini Man. I forgot he was in Gemini Man, but I forgot no a lot one, about but Gemini no one, Man. No so. one saw Gemini Man. I saw I Gemini Man. You saw Gemini Man? I saw you have Gemini. a family. <laughs> Who are you going to? Are you going no, alone? That, well, that, I did go alone, but that was before my son was born. That was that was 2019. Oh, how long ago was Gemini Man? That was 2019. Oh, fuck, I'm old. <laughs> yeah, that was, you know, four years ago at this point. Anyway, Police Story 3, I mean, it is, it's, it's... Like it's hard to th- talk about it in terms of 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 being a part three, but I think if you watch it with the first two, it feels it's definitely in keeping with them. It feels like the progression of Jackie Chan finding his like footing. I think if you also watch the fourth one, which I think is the one that has him fighting a ladder. Oh, is uh, that the, that's the one? With I the think l- that's the one with the ladder fight. Um, I think you you really see him like honing that persona. The, right. Like, he's a he's a very he's a like happy go lucky 
thinks he's maybe he's a little more charming than he thinks he's a little less charming than he thinks he is like absolutely can kick ass but is is sort of like thrown into fights more so than you know seeking them out i mean it's sort of what happened i mean it's not i mean this is sort of the way the character is presented from the beginning of the series but ethan hunt sort of becomes a jackie chan character as he goes along he sort of becomes more like he's hyper competent but he just kind of like gets in the shit like pretty in in, indiana jones indiana jones too Yeah. yeah I mean, I think we, we talked about that in the, the Mission Impossible episode, and, and I, but it feels like it's borrowed from Jackie Chan more so than, like, than Indiana Jones. The yeah. Ethan Hunt, like, has to sort of claw his way out from the edge of despair, you know? Yeah, and it's, and it's Jackie Chan does a really good job of choreographing his fights that he's really out of sync it's very, yeah. it's like a old silent movie physical comedy, but I think yeah. of Dick Van Dyke because there's a scene in, there's a number in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang that I always think of for Dick Van Dyke called uh, Me Old Bamboo, and it's, he's, I think he's pretending to be part of this dance troupe, so he's doing the whole number completely out of sync with everyone else, like he's fought, like trying to pick it up right. as he goes, but it's very clearly like, oh, they choreographed that, like, down to the, the, yeah. the, the second, and it's, it's so wonderfully done, and that's, that's the rhythm of most Jackie Chan's uh, like fight sequences and action set pieces. Yeah, a lot of like a lot of Buster Keaton sort of homages and stuff like that, you know, uh, with Jackie Chan and and, yeah. al- and also Tom Cruise in the Mission Impossible movies too. Yeah, but Jackie Chan, there's a little bit more of like a like there is a real like not that he was you know reckless or anything, but you get the sense that Jackie Chan even more so than Tom Tom Cruise is like. Probably guy's a stunt guy for most stuff, but then he'll strap himself to the plane or <laughs> ride the motorcycle off the cliff for, like, one thing. Jackie Chan's just doing it all. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and he surrounds the... Like, this movie has some insane... Like, even beyond the martial arts, some insane action stunt work. Like, the attack on the, like, military compound in the, like, the middle part of the movie. Yeah. How many... On fire stuntmen are sent <laughs> flying. Yeah, you ha- like it's the classic like someone shoots a rocket and there's an explosion and three or four guys go flying and you yep. see that in tons of movies. But these dudes are all and also you're like, on fire. So yeah. it's like okay, man, set them on fire. Then um, we get them on the hydraulic lift. Then we go. Then we blow up the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just it reminded me of when we were when we saw. Do you remember when we went to see Hard Boiled with uh, John Woo in person? Yes, at the Egyptian. And he was talking about like some of the things that, and he was like, "Yeah, we just kind of did it. We just blew up a wall. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, they didn't really care about safety precautions, anything like that." <laughs> well, it's, you also know they only had like one shot at most of this, right? Exactly. You know, it's yeah. it's like, uh, um, like I uh, I remember in um. It's Friday the 13th, part seven. They blow up the house at the end. Yeah. And they were like, we only had one. We built the house for this this movie. We only had one shot to blow it up. And we used too much explosive. <laughs> so in the end, we only ever had from any camera maybe a second of usable footage. <laughs> they made it work in the movie, but I always think of that. It's just like you have, even if you're being so safe 
and so like you know so prepared you have no margin of error no all the time not at all i mean and yeah. it's it's incredible that you know if i did the Mich- michelle yo's bike stunt in this and it didn't work the first time i'd just be like i'm done i'm not doing that again <laughs> like, I'm never and doing she's that just again. like get me back on the bike i'm gonna jump the train if i don't hit make the train i'm gonna go over the train and land in the cardboard boxes <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in the, those bloopers, they show it like two, two or three times, right? She, she does like, it she, at least twice. She goes over it once, and then she like hits the thing and like skids off it. Yeah, <laughs> another time. There's also the ones where she falls onto the car and then yeah. doesn't hang on and just goes yeah, tumbling just goes down tumbling. the street. <laughs> and you see Jackie Chan like in the rig stop and he runs at like yeah. and we're like, oh god, I hope she's not dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh man. Oh. Yeah. But it, it 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 works. I think it works as I think these would be a really fun watch one two three because uh, they are definitely watching much like I imagine like watching like Mission Impossible three four five six or I would say maybe the Fast and Furious movies yeah. in a similar sense watching them kind of figure out what their identity is and what these movies are all about and how do we top the uh, action from the prior film right yeah what's the what's the next big thing what's uh how do we you know and like the fact is like he hangs off of a helicopter and then the helicopter crashes into the train and just like the propeller's spinning and you're just like what the fuck yeah (laughs) you he he does a good they do a really good job of always making it seem like he's not invincible yeah he does always feel like at any moment like the character could could, die could could die like he's he never makes it seem effortless. Yeah. Like, he's moving in an effortless way, but the look on his face is always, like, pure terror. <laughs> well, and even when it's, like, the, the training sequence where he's, like, clearly, like, over his head, like, just the, and getting on that, that weird rolling thing. Yeah. You know, it's just, like... I don't know. It just, all that stuff just makes me laugh. I and I like his relationship with Michelle Yeoh as well because, like, in any other movie, they would be bickering the whole time, but she's so professional. Yeah. And she also, like, clearly, like, recognizes, okay, he can, he knows what he's doing. He's but... just kind of a dope, and I don't like <laughs> and him. And any, anything, any, yeah, anytime he overreacts, I can, like, if he smacks me, I can smack him right back. <laughs> exactly. Like, she's just, like, she's so, her character is, like, so competent, you know, compared to how, like, beleaguered he is and I, and I like that they don't play up any sort of um romance with between the two of them and like no, and no. when when his girlfriend does sort of get in on like the shenanigans she's like willing to be like okay for your cover i'll like play along but yeah I, I... <laughs> <laughs> she shoves her in the pool <laughs> His poor girlfriend. This was the last one she was in, so I have to imagine after she's dropped from a helicopter, uh, she probably is like, I don't think this relationship is going to work out. (laughs) It's like, I'm I'm going home. I'm done. But were you like a, were you big into Jackie Chan in like pre-Rush Hour or was like Rush Hour, it was your entree? No, actually, I didn't, this is going to sound strange because of when you met me, Sam, but I actually didn't really get into kung fu movies or martial arts movies until college. Um, I, I found them boring and and annoying. And I think it's because my cousins used to watch them all the time, and I think the ones that I saw were sort of like the generic, like, Here are the, here's the gang, here's the, the mob, and now we have to take them down. Yeah. Um, well, there's just so many different types of martial right. arts movies. Like, there's different eras. There's, like, 
there's the stuff pre Bruce Lee, which is very like this, oh, like a precursor to the wire work that you see right. in like uh, Kung, uh, not not Kung. I was about to say Kung Fu Panda, but uh, <laughs> Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or and then there's the Bruce Lee era, which is right. you know uh, leads directly into Jackie Chan. Yeah, and so, then yeah, it's like it's kind of like you could latch yourself onto a star right. after a certain point. And so, so because I had seen so many bad sort of generic uh, martial arts movies, I, um, I I didn't like them, and I never saw the Rush Hour movies. Uh, I still haven't actually. Um, but then I saw, and then it wasn't until Kill Bill came out that I was like, oh wait, maybe there's more to this than I thought. And then I kind of started getting into it. Um, later, so and there's still a lot of Jackie Chan movies I haven't seen. So, yeah, you know. uh, I mean, there's tons. He's made. I mean, so I mean, there's many so movies. many, but like even like the big ones, I haven't, I haven't seen. You know, so yeah. Um, Bru- Bruce Lee's easier. He only has like six movies. Right. I mean, and it wasn't until we moved out to L.A. that I had seen Enter the Dragon. So yeah. you know. Well, yeah. you'd seen Mortal Kombat. It's the same plot. Well, I'd seen. Yeah, you know. <laughs> And that's the other thing is that like martial arts uh, in the '90s was more something people knew through video games. Like, right. not yeah. that like Mortal Kombat is a martial arts game, but it's like you know, <laughs> when you think of a, a like a, a kung fu movie from the night, when you think of kung fu in the '90s, you think of kung fu. Or Kung Fu, The Legend Continues. <laughs> or you think of, like, the Mortal Kombat movie, which has the bare minimum of actual martial arts in right. it. And then 1999-2000, it all comes back, like, real hard with... Uh, the Matrix. The and... Matrix and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Right. And then I mean, suddenly, it... every movie, if it can't afford bullet time, it's going to have wire work. <laughs> Well, or or they're gonna try and import uh, like the the Jet Li movies, Jet Li Jason Statham movies that they made in like like the year from the year two thousand to like two thousand five. Yeah, right. Yeah, you and know? that was it. It's like we were, they were everyone was on the lookout for the next Jackie Chan, and that's right. how we got Jet Li movies in the U.S. And then after that, it was uh, Donnie Yen, right. and you had uh, Ong Bak, you had Tony Jaa, and then after it's like it's what's great is that. The 90s Jackie Chan uh, imports and then the Rush Hour, then Rush Hour Matrix, Crouching Tiger, they did lead to, it's been an unbroken line of like martial arts stars getting either their movies come to the U.S. or they become U.S. stars in in some capacity or another. Yeah, I mean, that trend kind of felt like it, it died out. I don't know, like around 2005 or so. I don't like. It seemed like they stopped sort of putting Chow Yun Fat and Jet Li in movies, and you know. Well, Jet Li. I mean, it, part of it is like there's like the language barrier is like for some of these guys was hard to uh, like for the the hurdle to get over. For Jet Li, I think in particular, it seemed like English was yeah. really hard for him. But but it it is like um. And then Chow Yun Fat was doing like he'll he'll do dramatic stuff too. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, Tony Tony Lung was like, I'm, what in the U.S. is a better offer than like tw- Wong Kar Wai's Twenty Forty Six or something? You know, <laughs> like, you know until that until that Shang Chi check came in, right? Yeah, know? exactly. But uh, uh, you know, you had um, you had like uh, the raid or um. Yeah. 
And then you had like guys like Scott Adkins, and right. you had the them showing up in the Expendables movies. And now I'd say the showcase that you where you get a lot of this stuff is those John Wick movies. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and yeah, particularly yeah, John Wick three and four is sort of where it was like, oh, well, let's bring in yeah. some of the raid guys, and then John Wick four, yeah. of course, let's bring in Donnie Yen, yeah, and Donnie Yen. Hiroki Sonata, and yeah, yeah, like uh, Donnie Yen showed up in. Uh, what, like what was the? I guess that was well, the, Blade. Well, okay, so Donnie. Oh Yen, yes, Donnie Blade Yen's, too. Well, Donnie Yen's uh, U.S. career really starts with Highlander Endgame. <laughs> the the best Endgame. The best sequel. Endgame. Uh, and Which one is that? That's the one. That's the is one that one with, the one with? Is that Mario Van Peebles or the one after that? That's the one after that. It's with, that's, oh, is that that's when, the one where they merged the TV show and the movies. Oh, right, where where Christopher La, Christoph Lambert is is replaced with um the other McCloud. <laughs> yeah, and they have like they have scenes together. It's I mean it's truly dreadful. But Donnie Yen's one of these immortal guys who they're who's you know trying to he is has martial arts or whatever it's bad. But then he shows up in Blade Two, and my understanding is he and and um. Wesley Snipes did not get along, so... Didn't get along with Wesley Snipes in character as Blade. I never... <laughs> we'll talk because about I think, that. I think Donnie Yen uh, uh, also does, did the fight choreography for Blade 2. Yeah, just fucking Donnie Yen, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, oh, and right after that was, he was in Hero, which was, you know, right. an import, right. but that was a big Jet Li movie. Um... And then you had, uh, yeah, Donnie Yen, he's always been around. Like, he always shows up, and he's always, like, because he's a guy that, like, he, he I think the language issue wasn't as big a deal for him. Right. He's a very, he's very charming as an actor. Like, well, even I, in, like, that ridiculous triple X sequel he's in. <laughs> that's right. I mean, and even, like, Michelle Yeoh, um, too, because, so, like, English wasn't really sort of a problem for her, like, you know, and for her for acting, you know, and I think that's also helped at least keep her around yeah, um, as totally. long as she's been. I think Jet Li also got sort of annoyed with the U.S. studio system, too, I think. Yeah, that I mean, like, that's what happened to Jackie Chan the first time yeah. around in yeah. the 80s. And yeah, I, I mean, it's, you know, it's when you're you come you come from uh, another country where you're a megastar and you have a ton of creative control. You come to the U.S. and you don't. Exactly. And they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They don't know how to choreograph action sequences. Or shoot it, for that matter. Or shoot yeah. the way that, you know, that makes you look good. And it just, yeah. I would imagine it'd be hugely frustrating. <laughs> it's so much, like, when American, remember that, um, oh God, was it like the Forbidden Kingdom Right, and that was right. Jackie Chan and Jet Li, and it's yeah. like that. Uh, the Mummy Three, it's so much, oh, like it's so over edited. Yeah, because they yeah. don't trust either the directors don't trust themselves, or they don't put enough. They don't give the uh, actors or the stunt people like enough leeway to just like here's the scene. Here's we'll block the camera around it. It is. It's it's dancing. It's like Singing in the Rain is directed by Stanley Donan, who probably knew how to operate a camera. And Gene Kelly, who knew how to operate his feet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And you have them working in concert. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing with with martial arts. And it's the same thing with pornography. (laughs) It's like... Yeah, I mean, well, but no, I mean, we talked about this in the the John Wick episode. You're you're right. I mean, I think it's, it's the... These people know how 
the camera should be placed so that the body, the best way that the body can look when it's moving in motion, you know, and uh, and I I don't know what it was, particularly in like the the mid two thousands or like early two thousands to the mid two thousands where the the overcutting was like such a big deal. Um, and maybe Ugh. it was a style thing. Maybe it was just to get things down to time. I don't know. But um, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's probably a style thing in that it's like people without the skills or the resources of the Wachowskis trying to make the next Matrix. Because yeah. no one tried to make the next Crouching Tiger because <laughs> that is like the most fluid editing you've ever seen. That, just, that movie just, that like Ang Lee just was like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shoot and let them like let this play out because it's so that one's like the the reality is so heightened with that right. one too. Well, I mean, and, and Kill Bill also I think is another one where it was clear that Tarantino was like, I am making a kung fu movie. I'm gonna try and shoot it like a kung fu movie, and you know, and that's I mean, a lot of those takes are very long and and you know graceful too. I mean, it, it also yeah. Yen Wu Peng is the action choreographer. Yeah, helps, I think but... having having an action choreographer that's gonna tell someone like Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino, no. <laughs> We can't make this look as crappy as the really old kung fu stuff you love. We have to like let it breathe a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's I I'm I'm no expert in martial arts movies or kung fu movies in the U.S. or in Asia, but the the ones I see like you have even if the stories can be a little dry and sometimes they drag in places when they're humming like the last. The last act of Police Story Three, the last act yeah. of Super Cop, you can't if you, if you're not sucked in by the action, you're at least in awe of the craftsmanship. It's yeah. this. I would actually equate it the most to George Miller, to yeah. like yeah. like the the stunt work in the Mad Max movies, because you're just like, oh my, how you're either like, oh my god, this is incredible, or oh my god, how did they do that, or oh my god, they did that. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those three emotions. Or or oh my god, they did that, and how did someone not die? <laughs> yeah. It's Jackie Chan is right up there with Grant Page, and that's like he's still alive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of Jackie, have you seen the new Turtles movie? Didn't you? I have not yet. Jackie Chan's the voice of Splinter. He's great. That's right. He's great. He's really fantastic. Well, they actually used him. He's in all those Kung Fu Panda movies, and he's got like <laughs> one line. His lines are like "Yeah" or like "Let's go," you know. Yes. As someone said when the move, the when one of them came out, it was like it's the credit is less and Jackie Chan and more oh and Jackie Chan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's the he's monkey and he's monkey. And, yeah, he's he, with his his fellow martial arts masters uh, David Cross and Seth Rogen and uh, uh, Lucy Liu. She's fine. She we've seen her. We've, seen, we've actually seen her fight. Yeah, you know, <laughs> when she fought uh, X in X versus Sever. <laughs> Speaking of uh, <laughs> Matrix knockoffs. Matrix knockoffs. Oy. Ballistic. X versus Sever. <laughs> I remember walking out of a movie. I went on a date uh, to see a movie. And I remember the, the the girl I saw the movie with, I can't remember what it was, saw the poster for that and was like, that's not a real movie. <laughs> I'm still not convinced it's a real movie. I remember when it came out, I was like, am I supposed to know who X and Sever are? <laughs> Do they normally it's, fight? Is this like a King Kong and Godzilla situation? <laughs> I, and it's like based on a video game. Like, oh, is it? I, uh, yeah. Normally, 
like uh, uh, um, my problem with the movie, I'm sure I have not seen it. I haven't stooped that low, but I'm guessing the problem with that movie is that it's unbelievably boring. A crappy uh, video game Matrix ripoff with Antonio Banderas and Lucy Liu should at the very least be dumb fun. Right. Yeah, it is. uh, It's a first person shooter for the Game Boy Advance. Net. Oh my God! A Game Boy, <laughs> just Game Boy Advance. I think so. Oh. <laughs> the game is based on an early script of the 2002 film Ballistic X versus Sever, and is the first video game released before the film it was based on had even begun production. <laughs> Will you run that by me a little slower, please? <laughs> so, X vs. Sever is a first-person shooter video game for the Game yeah. Boy Advance handheld game console. Got, it was developed by this. Crawfish Interactive and released in November 2001. The yeah. game is When based America on... was just in the mood for Game Boy games. Right. The game is based on an early script of the 2002 film Ballistic X vs. Sever and is the first video game released before the film it is based on had even begun production. Okay. (laughs) That uh, makes my head hurt. (laughs) So I wonder, I mean... Maybe the movie was delayed. Maybe they made the game and they were like, uh, and then the movie never came out when it was supposed to. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, now we're. we're <laughs> I mean, is this has got to be the most anyone's talked about uh, ballistic about X versus ballistic Sever? X versus Sever. With a total of 119 reviews, the most for a film with a 0% approval rating, it is the worst reviewed film in the history of Rotten Tomatoes. Directed by Chaos. <laughs> Uh, Wick Kausayananda, also known as Chaos. Oh, boy. He also directed Tekken 2, Kazuya's Revenge. Oh. Oh, originally the film was intended to star Wesley Snipes and Jet Li, and then Sylvester Stallone and Vin Diesel. (laughs) All right. Wow. It's uh, It's got Ray Park, and it's got Talisa Soto in it. Oh. No one uh, cares. Prince, Princess Katana, no one cares about this. No one uh, cares about Talisa. Talisa Soto is a Bond girl not as interesting as Michelle Yeoh. But she was Princess Katana in uh, the first one. Yes, Mortal she's Kombat one of the movie. two suckers that came back for the second one. <laughs> uh, oh my god, yeah, that's... Uh, Alright, well... Luckily, that's not the third part. Or I know you'd pick it for our next episode. <laughs> well, it's your. To be fair, it's your turn. So it's true. It is my turn, and I have given this a lot of thought. There's a lot of like we're we're coming up on Halloween, but I think we got room for one more before spooky Halloween time, where okay. we're going to delve into whatever dregs of horror part threes are left, <laughs> since we kind of got through all Thank the. God. All the good ones and Hellraiser 3 last year. Um, there's no new <laughs> Halloween to uh, fill, a, fill an episode. I I don't know. I've been thinking about it, and maybe it's because I saw a video of him feeding his pig and his dog and his donkey, but I want to talk about Arnold. Let's do the Terminator movies. All right. All Let's right. just do Let's it, do man. It. All right. Let's all, do it. All three, or do all you want to split it up into different uh, Absolutely not. I want to get it done in one. <laughs> 
All right, so a triple-sized episode. It's the Terminators 3. <laughs> they keep trying to... Move over, Predator. This is the <laughs> franchise Arnold stuck around for. <laughs> we keep trying to make a sequel to T2, but we can't quite hack it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you took all the best parts of those three movies, you'd have some of a good movie. <laughs> but the three Terminator 3s in question are, of course, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, Terminator Genesis, uh, it's more wise than necessary, and Terminator Dark Fate. Uh, and, uh, if you wanted to really, if you folks at home really want to get into it, you could watch the best third Terminator, which is the Sarah Connor Chronicles on TV. That's right. Yeah. Two season, two seasons. One is the first season is only eight episodes. It's probably the best Terminator sequel after Terminator 2. Yeah. It has a, actually a lot of cool stuff in it. A lot of yeah. like, they went in a lot of directions I really like. Any show with Shirley Manson from Garbage as a T-1000 cannot be all bad. <laughs> Uh, so I'm there. I was there. I, I, I remember liking that show. Yeah. It's, um, uh, but unfortunately this is a movie podcast, so you're going to have to watch, uh, just three different takes on John Connor. Um, all, well, no, only two, t- well, it's two and a half, really. Yeah. He doesn't, he's in Terminator Dark Fate, but only Not sort of. only at the very beginning and, uh. I don't know. I don't know if you'd count him as a character in Genesis, but I, I guess he is. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. he's Jason Clark. He's looking he's, bored. Well, <laughs> Terminator Genesis is a a high watermark in the Australian actors not allowed to use their actual accents and therefore sounding so stiff and unhappy. <laughs> so you get Jason Clark and Jai Courtney in that one. Yep. Who? Yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll get to it, but. That movie See, is I, a hot, hot mess. <laughs> what is it with Jai Courtney? It's Jai Courtney's like Sam Worthington, also in the Terminator movies, but yep. not one we're watching. Where as soon as he's Australian, he's like a hundred times more charismatic. Right. Like the moment he's Captain Boomerang, as god awful as Suicide Squad is, I'm like, oh, where's you this act. guy? Been? Yeah, you're like, oh, you're fun. You seem <laughs> like, you're, like you're, what? Where have you been, man? Yeah, it's like the the accent. I think the Sam Worthington's lack of sort of charisma and being kind of a cipher works for the Avatar movies, but I it, anything else he just kind of blends in with the well. The it background. doesn't work in Terminator Salvation because Christian Bale's doing the exact same type of role, right? So it's yeah. you have like two guys acting the exact same way. It's like Cowboys versus Aliens, where it's like Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford are trying to outgrumble each other. <laughs> well, right. I mean, and, and Terminator Salvation has that has that problem that it is mega boring and also like clearly was like two scripts jammed together yeah no i mean that movie could have really been awesome like it could have been great and it could have started a whole new trilogy of movies yeah uh but it's not and it didn't and And that's that's... why they they kept going back to the well (laughs) and that's yep yeah. Oh, boy. But it will be a window into uh, blockbuster sequels at three different time periods. Uh, yeah. Yep. And we will get a look at, and we're gonna. So this is gonna be where we get a look at Arnold Schwarzenegger, the the man, the myth, the legend. It's it's most of his part threes are just Terminator sequels that <laughs> reboot each other. Yeah, I mean that's he hasn't really 
done other aside from these terminator movies he hasn't done a part three has he? well there's the aforementioned ex- expendables well movie. i mean right aside from expend but he's he's like he's no. in it for like a scene he's in it for one adorable <laughs> scene with jet Li, <laughs> with uh, harrison ford flying a helicopter <laughs> <laughs> he took the part so he could spend a whole movie sitting down yeah <laughs> there's a fourth one of those coming out too. yeah, yeah I compl- well, like i saw the ad for it i was like Oh, right. This is a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe that means we'll have to do Expendables 3 sooner rather than later. I don't know. I'd really rather not. I don't don't want (laughs) to. That's way more Randy Couture than I need in my life. I, I don't remember a thing about that movie except not really enjoying it. <laughs> None of them live up to their potential. I yeah. think the second one comes the closest. Yeah. Because they had a halfway solid director. Uh, and they, they, they it was like a legacy sequel movie before those were a thing. Because they knew they needed to get that money shot of, of like Willis and Schwarzenegger and Stallone yeah. all fight. It, it knew that like, okay, we just have to keep ladling on the action heroes, whether or not it makes sense. Jean-Claude Van Damme's going to show up. Chuck Norris is just going to show up in the movie at <laughs> random intervals. And it's not going to make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, the second one I remember having the best time of those three, of those three movies. It's the only one I remember, like, I'm having a good time watching it. The other ones were, like, just... Well, they took themselves too seriously. I mean, it's like one of those things where you're like, the concept you hear, you're like, fuck yeah, I'm totally down. That sounds like a blast. And you watch it and you're like, oh, come on. Remember remember when we watched uh, The Predator and we talked about the idea of, like, the difference between a movie that's cool and a movie that thinks it's cool? Yeah, yeah. Like, the Expendable movies are movies that are trying to be cool when they should be movies that are trying to, like, they're trying to be movies that just think they're cool. They should be way more tongue-in-cheek. But as we've also talked about, uh, Stallone is constantly at war in his own mind uh, between the Rambo and Rocky sides of himself. Yes. And if Rocky had won out, it might have had a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. It anyway, needed more. I, it needed more WWE energy. Yes. Like I, it needed. Yeah. It needed. I. I don't know. Like it needed like a John Cena or it needed like Seth Rollins or someone like that. Someone yeah. who knows how to like play it big. Yeah. And it, I mean, they just needed to be a little sillier. I like, you know, they just needed to be more, I don't know. They need to be more eraser and less uh, Rambo first blood part two. It, it, needed, <laughs> it needed more Arnold. Yeah. We all yeah. needed more Arnold. Arnold understands the assignment. <laughs> and that's who we're going to talk about. Much like Jackie Chan. He knows the uh, how to put a sense of humor in his movies, even when he himself isn't playing an overtly comedic character. Because the, the Terminator, the T-800, isn't, like, he's got, he, he's not funny. The movie can have a sense of humor about him, but he's not funny. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he, what what's great about it, and it's one of those things that I think Cameron was very smart in when he deployed it in the first two movies, is he can play, like, a perfect straight man. You know, yeah. like is he? It, it just you can cut to him like looking just serious, and and it makes a laugh. And let yeah. the sense of humor come from the audience reaction. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I mean, like, like ultimately, it's going to be a conversation about how neither, none of those three movies are a bump on the ass of the first two. <laughs> yeah. Like, forget Alien Three, where it's like a flawed take. Like, none. This is 
those those two movies are so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> it's it's just gonna be like not even fair. It's like they should have quit while they were ahead. But yeah, or I mean, yeah, we'll we'll get there. But it is it's just so much of it is just reheat. So much of those three movies are just reheated leftovers and. Um, I, I do think there's there's worthy parts of all of them. Um, well, that's what and, makes them you know, frustrating yeah. is that they're not like irredeemable movies. There's things yeah. in all three, especially Terminator Three and in Dark Fate, yeah. that I think are really interesting. Yeah, yeah. They're just yeah. they just they, you know. But again, I think uh, we'll talk about it. But they just sort of fall victim to the various eras of Hollywood blockbusters that they fall into. Yeah. So very much so. But. Uh, yeah, but I think much like Jackie Chan, when he's on, Schwarzenegger is uh, he is a so much fun to watch, and yeah. when he's at his best, his movies are super memorable, even if you're not watching them for like the plot or yeah. the acting. It's a completely what? different. You're there for a, you're, uh, the spectacle of it. Yeah, and he and, is I mean, in and of himself a spectacle. <laughs> yes, and and Police Story Three is absolutely worth your time. As we said, it features Michelle Yeoh driving a motorcycle onto a moving train. Yeah. and uh, how awesome! Is if that? nothing else, if you only know her from like the last few years, if you only know her from American Born Chinese or Shang Chi or Everything Everywhere All at Once, go back. Like, see Crouching Tiger. But definitely see Supercop. It's so good. Yeah. Even if it's just the American version, which is easier to get a hold of, yeah. uh, it's worth it. It's all the action is not compromised. Yeah. But if you do want to watch the uh, the original version, it is currently streaming on the Criterion Channel and has a very nice Blu-ray edition that's finally out. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So. All right, but until next time, where it's going to be the Terminators 3, another classic podcast part three, three-part podcast. <laughs> Say that in, three times fast. In one part, because <laughs> <laughs> you all have lives, we all have lives. We None of these movies are worth a full hour like Season of the Witch was. <laughs> Uh, but until then, Will, uh, always a pleasure. This was a, a fun pick. You did it. You picked a I fun. Picked a good one. You Not one me... that, that maybe gendered a, a ton of discussion, but a, but a, 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 it got us a fun watch. I yeah. think we knew that going in, though. I yeah. think we knew, like, like, this is just, this is, this is a part three in number only. <laughs> it's like, by the way, I thought about being, like, really, like, just, like, pure chaotic neutral and going on Tubi and just punching in the Roman numerals three and picking the first so thing that came up. God. Oh God. You got fucking lucky that back to the future threes on there. <laughs> you know, I was like, you got fu- oh, we'd be talking about puppet master next time. Oh boy. Oh, which actually dear. might be kind of interesting. I'm kind of intrigued to talk about the puppet master movies. Yeah. I've actually, I've never seen any. No, I've never. That's the Charles. We haven't gotten into like the Charles band empire yet. That's yeah. like your ghoulies and your critters and your puppet master. <laughs> oh man. Maybe that's Halloween month. Yeah. Is, to, is, part, is Charles band part threes to be, to be, uh, to oh. be or not to be part threes. <laughs> uh, oh man. That's tempting. All right, well, we'll see how we feel after three botched Terminator (laughs) flops. But uh, until then, as always, folks, uh, I am Sam, and he is Will. And uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll three you next time. And remember to rate, review, and review and subscribe. Yes, and follow us on Instagram. It's the only place where I update anymore. (laughs) All right, until next time, Will. I'm the Supercop. You have
you are. I'm the super guy. off a helicopter and see what happens. Uh, Good night, everybody.